thanks for joining us on our C3 Edinburgh podcast. We really hope this message inspires and encourages you in your life with Jesus. To find out more about our welcoming and vibrant church community, please check us out online at www.c3edinburgh.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Keep in touch and be part of the story. Now enough from me, you've come to hear the podcast and be blessed. We're preaching through seasons at the moment because um, lo and behold, we're in a season. It's sort of turning from summer to autumn. Lo and behold, we're in a season. Uh, freshers and students and people who've been on summer uh, breaks are coming back to Edinburgh. Uh, people starting new things. It feels good. It feels right. And more like larger scale than, than anything else in my personal life is the Lord is on me again and again that he's about to do something new in this church for this season. And we've, we, I mean, we started, we're having our fourth birthday soon and we started in a flat. So we're, we're, we're growing and we're, it's wonderful. It's, we've not been in a season of um, not excitement, but what has been happening before us is nothing compared to what is going to happen this year is what the Lord is warning me of in a positive way, not like, oh my gosh. He's like, be ready. Tell people. So I'm telling you. That's why we're preaching on seasons. And I better start because I want to give context to what this poll is. So um, I have lived in Edinburgh for nearly five years. I'm like an Edinburgh pro. I just made that up. Is that all right? No? I'm an Edinburgh pro. Like, I know where stuff is. You ask me where a street is, and I'm like, generally, oh, yeah, I kind of I, I know that. And yet, whenever I drive, even when I go to the car after church, maybe not here to home, but anywhere, um, I'll just chuck on my phone on the thing and go to the GPS, and I'll, I'll, I just prefer the stability of knowing that someone's telling me, Siri's telling me where to go. And it, hilariously, this is not a lie. Not that I would lie, but I was with, Elle and I were hanging out yesterday, right? And I mentioned to you whilst driving through the city with the GPS going, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. See, Lisa though, Lisa, my wife, who can't be here at the moment because she's in Australia visiting some family and she misses us and she'll be back next Sunday. She's, um, she's the opposite. Like she doesn't do maps ever. And yet, incredibly, she has, you know those people who here, you're about to ask this in this question thing, who here just knows where North is right now? North, south, east, and west. Do you know? Prove it. Where's north? Ready, set, go. Don't follow it. It's weird. Is that true? Someone get a compass, because that can't, how do you do that? That's just a window. I don't even know how people do that. I can't do that. You tell me where north is. You ask me where we're meeting in two in, on, on October as a church, and you say the King Khaled building, which is so close. I'll point in just a direction. That's because you taught about it. So I don't do that directional thing. I like a map. So my first question for you, just to get things started in our conversation, is what do you like? Are you a, do you like your maps? Do you like your GPS? Or do you have this thing that you just wing it? And you know, Lisa's never lost. It's so weird. And, she, and she's in a new city and she's like, just go down this street. And I'm like, Lisa, we've never been here before. I just vibe it. And she gets it every time. I like a map. I like a map. She has a sixth sense, but I like a map. And, and this week I had a, 
I had a, and that's populating right now. This week, I thought I had a bit of a map to what I was going to share with you. I, I, I felt like this week, m- like weeks and weeks ago, month and a half ago, when I'm dreaming and praying about what we're going to preach about this morning, I felt like it was, has to be one of my favorite passages of all time. Like it's the one, one of the key ones that have defined and put footsteps into my journey. And uh, it echoes over our church. And it's the incredible passage of Joshua 1. And I really wanted to preach that for you. This I really wanted us to go there this morning. So I was, I was preparing. I was sitting there and I'm reading. And I like to read before and I like to read after. And I like to read in context. And I like to bring a word that's accurate and true for, for, for you. And so I'm reading all around it. And I was thinking all about Joshua 1. But, but the GPS took me a different direction. And we're going to preach about something different today. But by the way, if you haven't read Joshua 1 and you're... Hey, look, if you're a fresher or you're coming back to study from this, this week, you haven't got any homework assignments set yet until now because I'm about to give you one, okay? Because I'm not going to preach about Joshua 1. So if you count yourself as somebody who's starting a new thing, starting a new season, about to get into something new, I'm giving you your first assignment. This week, read Joshua 1. Would you do that? It, it, it shifted my life. It, it stirs me up. I go back to it often, and I'm giving that to you as a gift. Read it and, and, and let it sink in. That's your first piece of commissioned homework. In fact, by the way, could I just pause again? Freshers, we love that you're here. It's so good to have you here. Uh, and you've made, because you've, I'm, I'm, I track it, you, have, you got here somewhere between last weekend and now, um, last weekend, there were a few people visiting who were still jet-lagged. Uh, you guys have had a big week. Uh, and so many people, after a big week, and with the nerves of starting tomorrow, there, there's, there's, there's 70,000 students in Edinburgh at any given time. Um, so there's thousands, tens of thousands of students, uh, lots of freshers. You guys have selected in your hearts to be in the house of God on one of your first weeks. That is to be applauded. Like, Yeah, let's applaud, because that's a testament. That's a testament to the fact that you something switched on in your life. You are deeply aware already that you truly need to be in the house of God as you start a new journey. Well done. That is just incredible. That is incredible. That's so good. And I'm telling you this morning that that as you do that, you're going to find friendships here Share good times here, tough times here. You'll have people who have your back. You'll find people who care about you and support you. Because that's what church does. That's what the people of God do for one another. We encourage one another in our purpose in Jesus Christ. You're in the right place. Don't miss it. You're going to find all kinds of pressure. You're going to find all kinds of uh, Saturday night vibes in town. It's all good. But, but my advice to you, from someone who's been a young adults pastor for many years in a different country, and as a pastor here, is you will do well to make your, find yourself in the house of God all the time, every week you'll find it to be a sustaining force. Time and time again, I've seen people's lives shifted and changed. And when you ask why, you can talk all about the deep spiritual world, but often it's just, I just found myself in church. I just turned up. Well done. I'm also speaking to you as freshers because not only is it for you, but it it occurs to me that if you're here on your first or second week in the city, 
or if you're just back and you've, you were here as a part of the church last year and you've just got back, who, who's, who was, who's already a part of C3 and you were here last year and you've just got back from studies? I mean, you just got back, Gwen. Who else just got back recently in the last... Well, you guys up the back. You, so, so you guys are the same. I, I love that you guys are here on your first or second week because that also tells me that you're not here with life being all about you, you know? As much as you'll find support and love and belonging in a church like this, you also understand that life isn't all about you, but your heart is for something bigger than yourself. You're here to build the church. You're here to grow the church. You're here to, to, to be as Jesus in a city that needs him. I'm not even preaching my message right now. I'm just telling you how incredibly proud I am to be amongst such incredible people as you. We're going to do something incredible this year in Jesus' name. My advice to you is welcome to church. Um, find your tribe. Love your tribe. Uh, there's churches all across Edinburgh, and they're good. But when you find your tribe, you just you know when you're home. Get into a connect group. Find your team. Start to serve. Be a builder. Talk to your friends about the hope that you have in Jesus. There's so many young people, so many students, so many everyone here who are hungry. They don't even know that they're hungry for the only thing that will truly satisfy them. And the only thing that will truly satisfy them is Jesus. It's the truth. We've so much to do. So do well in all of these things, but do well in church and be strong and courageous. And that's all of that to say, be strong and courageous this year. Be strong and courageous this year. Be strong and courageous this year. That's Joshua 1, by the way. Be strong and courageous this year. You're not going to find your way through the year thriving if you uh, can't find your sense of strength, which you'll find in Jesus. And you find yourself in a place of discouragement, which you'll find in Jesus. Be strong and courageous this year. That's a lot of me talking about a message that I'm not going to preach, isn't it? Joshua 1, though. But I didn't stop there because I was, I was dwelling, and then all of a sudden, like a GPS, uh, it changed my route, and, it, and, and we ended somewhere different. But I'm believing if you feel like the word that you needed to hear this morning was strong and courageous, like just then, then this is even more an arrow to your heart. This is Joshua 3. I want to preach Joshua 3 to you. Uh, unpack some of this Word of God and how, what it means for you. So why don't you turn to Joshua 3 and I'll change your Slido to now just share with me what resonates with you from the Word of God as we read it. See, if Joshua 1 is your call to courage and strength, then Joshua 3 is the GPS roadmap. If Joshua 1 is, be strong, my friend, be courageous, and you go, I will be, but what do I do with that? Then Joshua 3 is what you do with that. That's why this is important. And so the title of this message, if you want one, is Roadmap. And my prayer is in the next 20 minutes or so, you'll find yourself encouraged and in strengthened, but also with a map laid out of how you will go this year. Okay, Joshua 3, let's start verse 3, and I'm just going to, we're just going to go through it together. So Joshua has been told to be strong and courageous, and he said, okay, God, I'll be strong and courageous, and he said, it's time to go into the promised land, because until this time, they've been wandering in a wilderness, the whole nation wandering in a wilderness for 40 years. Finally, God says, Joshua, now's the time, just like you now's the time. Just like this church, now's the time. It's time to cross over and into the promised land. And Joshua said, okay, okay. 
And then in Joshua 2, uh, he sends some spies into the promised land just to check the thing out before he goes, because that's pretty clever. They come back and he goes, now's the time. And now we come to Joshua 3. Now's the time. And so he said to the people, from, from verse 3, he said, gave these instructions to the people. He said, when you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark, and make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Doesn't that feel like the season that we're in? Isn't that the season that you're in? Since you've never traveled this way before, I'm going to help you, says God. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, this Ark heading off, uh, wait a bit and follow it. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, when you read Ark of the Covenant, what I want you to do uh, is... Is, is call that the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant is, um, you can read about it in the Old Testament in a big way, but, but, but uh, Moses was, they was instructed to build this big giant box made of gold, wood, and then gold, and then in this big giant box was uh, the Ten Commandments that Moses got, and uh, a bowl of manna, and a staff that Aaron got that had a, a supernatural sort of branch coming out of it, uh, and then they picked that up. The priests would pick that up and they'd carry it where they went. Um, that was the most holy uh, implement. That was, that was the presence of God leading the people. That went before the nation. For 40 years, it went before the nation. Everyone would follow this, this incredible thing. When they, when they stopped and they built their camps for 40 years, this thing, it would be in the middle of the tabernacle, the middle of this big giant worship tent, uh, in the middle of it, and they'd all camp around it. So this is the centerpiece of, of, of who's our God. Let's follow. This, our God is represented. The presence of God is represented in these incredi- this incredible thing. In fact, uh, so holy was it that there's stories in the Old Testament of, of people bumping into it and touching it and falling down dead immediately, such as the power and the, the holiness of this thing. By the way, I love even the implements in the ark. If, if you want to go there, then, then everything, you know, everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus, right? Everything's about Jesus, everything. And the more you think about it and the more you read, you go, oh, which is why, man, I'm going off the topic a lot, but it's good. Which is why when someone is new to Jesus, new to following Jesus, and they say, what should I read in the Bible? My advice is to read the Gospels. Because once you understand Jesus, the Old Testament makes sense. But often we're so used to reading books from the beginning and working our way through. If you read the Old Testament first, good on you. But I find that quite tricky. Once I understand Jesus and have a revelation of Jesus, I go, oh. For example, Jesus called himself the bread of life. How amazing that the manna was in the ark. Because the manna was what the Israelites were eating. How amazing that the Ten Commandments were in the ark. Because, because Jesus is a fulfillment of the law and that's what's on those tablets. How amazing that that staff was in the ark because that staff was the, was the staff uh, that Aaron had that, that, and the budding was the, um, was, it budded to demonstrate who would be the lead priest and, and so they put that in there too and Jesus is the high, head high priest. If you, it all revolves around Jesus. That's, I thought that was interesting. Anyway, here's the lesson. 
you clever, clever, strong, courageous church. Here's the lesson that we can get from Joshua 3, even in that section, is when you're trying to enact what you're supposed to do this year, when you want to enact where you go and how you get to your new season, follow the presence of God. Let, let God go before you. Let Him guide you. Don't go ahead of Him. Don't hang back from Him. Keep in step with Him. To see breakthrough in this season as you move into your greater days, don't move on without the presence of God on you, with you. Don't move ahead of it. Don't move, don't stay behind when He goes. See, God is the same. God is the same before, now, and in the future, isn't He? He calls Himself the Ancient of Days. He is also the God who says, behold, I do a new thing. In fact, we just read it in Isaiah just before. So He is the same, but His ways can change and He can move. I was listening to a podcast by Erwin McManus, who, who runs this incredibly incredible church. Um, he said something interesting, and I've been mulling over it. I want to share it with you. He said, often people, when you feel far from God, when people say, I'm feeling really far, really distant from God, I feel like he's, it's the same God, and He's everywhere, but I feel so far from Him. There's two things. Firstly, it's not really true, because He's everywhere, and He loves you, and He's right next to you, and closer than you think. But I get the feeling... Irwin suggested that the feeling is something like, God, just like this, He has moved to take you to a new place, but you have refused to follow. So if you're feeling far from God, at the end of this service, I'll have an opportunity to pray with you, and you'll find that corrected. You'll find yourself restored to Him, restored in all of this. But Reflect back. When was the last time you felt like he was telling you to go somewhere, but you couldn't? You didn't, for whatever reason. Moving into your calling. We talk about that a lot in church, and people talk about my calling, my calling, my destiny, my calling. What if it's not a place, a static place? What if it's the journey of moving with God? What if my calling isn't... uh, statically here as the senior pastor of C3 Edinburgh, what if my calling is just to be where God is? I'll move across the seas and I'll follow Him. I'll stay here all of my life, but my, my journey is in following, not in being in a particular place. Galatians tells us the way to do life is to keep step in the, with the Spirit. Keep step with the Spirit, that the Spirit of God on you. It says, it says in the Word, don't quench the Spirit and don't grieve the Spirit. And I tell you, my, one of my private prayer moments always is, is Father God. Every, in fact, if you come early to church and we're having our pre-church prayer meeting, invariably a prayer that comes out from me is, Jesus, Holy Spirit, this is your church, this is your service. Do everything you have in mind to do. We want to keep in step with you. You will not find us grieving you, Jesus. You will not find us quenching what you're trying to do. And let that be the prayer over all of our lives, in all that we do. Can I tell you what they are? Quenching the Spirit is when He's telling you, I believe, is when He's telling you to do something, but you have an excuse. Nah. He's got that, you get that pull? Go and talk to that person. Go and talk to that person. They need someone to encourage them. Nah. I just, I'm not feeling it. Not me. Get somebody else. No. Come this way, come this way. No, no, I've got reasons. That's quenching. Grieving the Spirit is when you jump out ahead. He's like, I'll put a boundary line here for your good and for your safety, for your world. It's going to be maybe a yes in the future, but it's a no. Don't jump into that relationship. Don't, don't, uh, 
don't, don't smash that Facebook message. Uh, be reactive to that. Just hold back and you're like, but I will. That's like grieving. Oh, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Oh, why would you do that? So Galatians tells us, you know what you should do? Keep in step with the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the, your appetites. And we see it there in Joshua. Don't go ahead of the ark. Don't, don't stay on the other side of the Jordan. Just let it go and when it goes, follow it. Keep in step with the Spirit. Read your word. Keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, we better read on. We're going to run out of time. Joshua 3, 6 to 9. We'll continue. Oh, I do want to talk about purifying yourself, though. That's in that last passage. Should I? I'm the preacher. I'll do what I like. I'll come back to it. Okay, Joshua 3, 6 and 9, let's continue. In the morning, after Joshua said all this stuff, he said to the priests, all right, boys, lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and they went ahead of the people. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites and they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Okay, this is a quick one. This is to the leaders. This is to you if you've got a ministry on this. If you're a leader in your life, you will do no better job in the ministry. You'll do no better job uh, in anything that you put your task to leaders in your connect group, in your job, in your business, whatever, if your consistent cry is simply this, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Come and listen to what the Lord your God says. That was Joshua's thing. God said, I'm going to make you a great leader. It's going to be a great day. And so his response, guys, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. By the way, there's an interesting thing here happening I don't have time to dwell on, but these guys would have known about the splitting of water. This was the generation after the famous Moses moment with the Red Sea and, you know, the sea had it opened up and everyone walked through and the Egyptians and that kind of thing. This, not many, this generation is the generation after, but they would have heard the story and then God did this thing and it just split this ocean sea and we just walked straight through the middle. And so I can imagine the people getting a bit of stirred of excitement because we're about to go through now, and the ark is heading towards the water, and um, he's going to do something similar. So I often reflect that what God didn't say is what he said to Moses, get your stick out, and I'll split it, and it'll be dry. He said, God, priest, you're going to go in the water, and when it gets to your legs. And now I'm thinking, man, that's interesting for the priest. I wonder what the priest would have been thinking about. Like he gets to the water's edge, the guy at the front, and he's wondering, if I put my foot on this, does it all go? And then he puts his foot on it, and his sandal gets wet, and he goes, oh. And now I'm imagining him looking back at Joshua, and Joshua's like, I don't know what's supposed to happen. Like, it's weird that it's wet, but keep going. And he goes, oh, no. And, it, and now it's up to here. And now his other sandal's wet, and it's up to his shin, and he's like, oh. Still? And he's like, yeah, still. And so now they're all up to their knees. Sometimes I think that we underestimate or we get in our head the way God's going to move. We get stuck in our head, God will move like this, but he'll move any old way he wants to move. 
You just follow him. Okay, verse 10. Let's keep going. Today you will know, this is, this is uh, Joshua speaking to the people. Today you will know that the living God is among you. Surely he will drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites ahead of you. That was pretty hard. No round of applause. Fine. So look... The Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and the priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. And as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand uh, up like a wall. In 2019, I'm praying over you in all that you're doing. That as you go forward, God is with you because he will be. He, he goes ahead of you in this same way. And I love how God said, I'm going to drive out the Hittites, all the ites. He's going to drive out the ites ahead of you. I'll tell you why I love that. Because there are some conflicts. But I wonder how many of these um, enemy groups left before the Israelites ever arrived. And that makes me wonder, as I follow Jesus and I go through my battles and I go through my journeys and I go through my struggles like we all will, it causes me to wonder, I wonder how often I've gone into areas where I was a, should have in natural places been fighting a massive mental battle, emotional battle, spiritual battle, physical battle, but I haven't because God has gone ahead of me and cleared it for me in, in advance. I'll face stuff but he'll use those weapons formed against me for me to prosper. That's what his word says. And it's been known true over 20-something years of following him. But I just wonder how many times I've not had to fight a battle because he, he, he fights them for me. If you can't praise him for something else, you can praise him for that. Father, thank you that I've not fought battles that otherwise I would have had to because you have gone ahead of me. What I need you to know as you take on your new thing this year, what I need you to know is firstly, don't go ahead of God and don't stay back when God said to go. Just keep in step with him. And what I need you to know is as you go forward in all that God's got for you, don't freak out about the size of the water. Don't freak out about what's ahead of you because he goes ahead of you. You better believe that he's gone ahead of you, that he's going ahead of you. In fact, the bigger the thing looks... The bigger the thing looks, the more resolved you can be that God's amongst it. Because God specializes in the bigger than I can handle life. That's his specialty. You'll find his fingerprints all over the bigger than I can handle life. You'll find less of his fingerprints I found in the smaller, I'm just going to limit myself life. Let me show you. You don't believe me? Let me show you. Joshua 3, 14 to 16, and then I need to start winding up. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they did go ahead. It was the harvest season, and so the Jordan was overflowing in its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the, at the water's edge, the water at, above the point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, hold that, which is near Zarethan, and the water below the point flowed, flowed down to the Dead Sea. 
until the riverbed was dry, and then all the people crossed over to the town of Jericho. So when I talk about God specializing in the bigger than you can handle, this is case in point, because you see, the Jordan wasn't always flooded. It was only flooded seasonally. And God could have told the Israelites to pass over at any time. Why not in the easy time? Why not when it's like a puddle? And then he would have said, you don't need a miracle, just walk across the puddle. But he waited and waited and waited, and the water rose and it rose and it rose, and it is most flooded, he said, now go. What an incredible God we serve that will hold things back to show you his glory when he specializes in the bigger than me. If your dreams, if your if your dreams are smaller than you, you need to revise your dreams. If your dreams make you concerned because they're bigger than you, now you're onto something. Let God on that. Doing the impossible thing is God's speciality. Jesus is equally able, you better believe it, to move in a trickle as much as he is in a flood. So he might as well move in a flood and show you what he can do. Only allow God to show you. Allow God to set the pace. Allow him to say to go, and when he goes, you go. Keep in step with the Spirit. Here's my favorite part of the message, and it's not even a part of the message, but I can't wait to share it with you. I'm astounded at what we've just read there about the river stopped. It could have stopped anywhere, right? It could have stopped anywhere. It could have stopped, it could have stopped here, and it could have walked through in single file, but he didn't. He stopped it over here at a place called Adam. I don't know why a place called Adam. And when he stopped it there, he put a cross between it and it went all the way to the Dead Sea. It's amazing. Jesus is in everything, right? It's amazing that something was flowing from Adam that was leading to dead. And what God did was he put something in between and stopped it. The greatest miracle, the greatest bigger than us, is the whole thing that we are trapped by an impassable river, flooded with stuff, flooded with junk, flooded with all the things from our, from our promised land ourselves. And ultimately, the whole thing leads to death. It's called sin. It's called distance from God. It's called separation until Jesus put a cross between it from Adam to death. Come on. 